I we have a group me for the pool boys, the improv troupe. And in in group me, one of the functions is that you can make a poll, mm-hmm. have people vote in the poll. So last night I did put a poll in the pool boys group me to determine whether or not they thought uh, celery was spicy. Yes. And what were the results of the poll? <clears throat> the poll is ongoing. Let me check. Because I just lost like my first ever poll the other day, and I'm I'm reeling. You lost it. Yeah, so on an episode of my first fan fiction, uh-huh. um, oh god, wait, what did I say? I'll check. Is is it on L's Twitter? It's on L's um Instagram, which is why I didn't know about it. Instagram. Yeah. Who does polls on Instagram? It was in her Instagram story. Oh, oh that means I can't see it because it's gone. It went away. Yeah. Dang. Okay, so the question was, uh, who is the bigger jazz boy? Oh. Uh, L or Duncan. And I do feel the results were skewed by putting it on Instagram. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm not a big Instagram boy. And I lost this poll, which is every time Elle and I have a fight, we wind up putting it to a Twitter poll. And to be honest, I always, always win. So this is really devastating for me. Now, when you say lose in this instance, yeah. do, do you claim to be the bigger jazz boy? I did. I think I might have voted for you. You are a big jazz boy. Thank you. I'm surprised that that. Well, no, you're. I think you're right that you got a skewed. Because there's nobody in your skewed corner sample. on Instagram. No, and even then, I did receive 33% of the vote, and I didn't even on the episode uh, make reference to the fact that I played saxophone in a jazz band. For... Come on, I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at the moment, the score is uh, five to two. No, you get right out of town is beating absolutely. Yeah, it is. Good, good, good. That's good to know. It's mildly spicy. No, it's not. Yes, it's it has celery. A, it has a little, like a peppery bite. Pepper is not spicy. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Pepper is peppery. Are you? Let's just start the podcast. Possible. Gonna make a big splash. Don't have the salt splash. Welcome back to Tater Tots for another week. I'm Tim. I'm Duncan. And this week, of course, I didn't bother to check to see who the best team in baseball was. Hang on. Is this what... You've done this every week and I haven't really noticed. Yeah, is that annoying? No, I think it's terrific. I think that it's a great way for me to keep on top of the MLB standings. Uh, I think it's the Rays, to be honest. Yeah, big surprise. The the Rays are uh, on top of the heap for another week. 21 and 11 with a 65, 656 win percentage. So uh, we talked about this last week, but I really don't think it's fair for you to make up a baseball team and keep claiming that they're the best team in, in baseball. I mean, what fair? It's like, it's like if my, if, if I, I, I did, I will admit to you that I made up a baseball team, yeah. but it's also true that they're the best team in baseball, like sprung fresh from my imagination. They're fully formed in Tampa Bay, and they've won more baseball games than anybody else in the league. I haven't looked at the standings for a while. Uh-huh. I have some issues. Okay. Uh, Cardinals? Yeah. What's the deal with that? The, the I mean, it's the same as the deal has been every year forever. They're good. They're good. Yeah, what, what, why are the Pirates bad now? Maybe we'll get into that later. Yeah, we can. It's an unanswerable question. <laughs> 
Because remember how they were good? Briefly, yeah. And then, you know, baseball happened. Oh, that makes sense. And look at this. Twins still ahead of the Indians in that AL Central. So we're all excited for that. Although not as excited because Williams Estadio is hurt. I think he'll bounce back. I think the Twins are going to have a nice season. I, I've been saying this for years that the, the Twins are kind of hurting for a breakthrough. Well, it seems maybe it's at hand. Here it comes. Uh, here comes the breakthrough. Here it is for the Minnesota Twins. All right. Uh, we have some housekeeping to get out of the way. First things first, we have a new mascot. Um, and I... I, I just kind of made this decision unilaterally. I didn't check with you. Uh, so if, if you want to have some veto power at this point, I guess that's fine. But I really think that this is the right move for our uh, brand. Let me ask you a question, please. <clears throat> Would you say that our current mascot is or isn't the tater tot hitting a home run? I would say that it is, yeah. And However, you want to replace our mascot yeah. with us more on fire wearing sunglasses yeah <laughs> so tim linked us out to an article called rocky mountain vibes unveil new mascot comma jerseys mm-hmm. <laughs> and <clears throat> the mascot as i've already hinted at well it's a s'more on fire wearing sunglasses and it looks to be wearing jeans <laughs> yeah i mean and big a, red he's... big red boots as if to tromp through a flooded building he's a cool he's a cool guy he needs jeans and boots they got rebranded by Brandios, uh, and now they're some cool vibes. They used they're... to be called the uh, the Colorado Springs Sky Socks. Yes, which is fine. I don't think so. I think there's too many S's in there. Sky Socks? Colorado Springs Sky Socks. Sky Socks. Yes, and how do you identify a possessive in that case? Yeah, it's Sky Socks. Colorado Springs is Sky Socks. So I'm watching the video of them introducing the Vibes new mascot, and he's dancing around. Oh, he's, like, waving his his graham crackers back and forth. That was a little weird. <laughs> like wings? A little bit. He grabbed onto them and kind of yanked them back and forth. Um, but graham crackers, as you know, are rather brittle. Yeah. Uh, but his are not. Hey, does he, have, does he have a name? I didn't actually catch that. Uh, toasty. Toasty. Oh, Toasty. Perfect. I mean, it really Now, they couldn't... said that this makes sense. The flames on Toasty's head are supposed to be hair. Yeah, that's right. They look kind of like an anime hair, but mostly it looks like a marshmallow on fire wearing sunglasses. Yeah. And, and a, jeans. And a graham cracker sweater vest or something. To me, this is... I know I'm going to sound like I'm just trying to be topical. It reminds me of the Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, what? 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 <clears throat> How dare you? He's got red shoes. Yeah, he's got a disturbing face. Okay, he's got a I mean, disturbing I disagree body. with you. <laughs> you think that this I is have not the... as disturbing as Sonic? I think that the face is uh, just. I I like. I trust him. I, really? I because feel... I'll note something that the Toasty and Sonic have in common here: teeth. Teeth. Well, listen. The thing, the difference to me between Toasty and Sonic is that Toasty's mouth is. Uh, a fix permanently, permanently affixed, affixed in, a in a weird asymmetrical grin mm-mm, very confident grin i look at he's him and... very confident and the sunglasses certainly help out with that yeah come on i mean and all the kids are going to be wearing graham cracker sweater vests once they get a once they get a good look at toasty sweater vests is it not would you not classify that as like a sweater vest 
it's what like he's a, wearing? It's a sleeveless. Boy, I hadn't even considered that you might <laughs> identify it as an item of clothing. <laughs> if anything, it's shoulder pads uh, or weird sleeves, maybe. He doesn't seem to have shoulders. And he also <laughs> does have sleeves separate to and apart from the graham crackers. I think that if you had short sleeves and instead of... They're graham crackers. It's yeah. as if you punched a hole in a giant graham cracker and slipped it onto your arm and wore it like a sweater, like a vest of some kind. The vest, they're sleeveless. This, these are sleeveless graham crackers. It's not atta- they're not attached to each other like a sweater vest might be. So what they're- is this? What it's is not this? anything, Tim. What is this article of clothing? It's, it's graham crackers. The man's a s'more. He's a s'more. <laughs> I want to give I want to give some a little bit of background on the the Rocky Mountain vibes, uh, who are a single A team? Nope, nope, triple A. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, the triple A affiliate for the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, the contest was held to determine the the team's new name, as is often done with minor league teams. The five finalists in the name the team competition were as follows: the Colorado Springs Happy Campers, the Colorado Springs Lamb Chops. The Colorado Springs Punchy Picas, the Colorado Springs Throttle Jockeys, and the Rocky Mountain Oysters. Now, we all know what a Rocky Mountain Oyster is. I don't feel that I need to cover that. You know what a Rocky Mountain Oyster is, right? Yeah, of course. It's Great. A, okay. uh, 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 yep. Yeah. We uh, don't even need to discuss it. Now, worth noting that um, <laughs> the eventual name of the team, the Rocky Mountain Vibes, was not among the finalists. Yeah, I noticed that. So, at some point... Somebody in like the higher ups on the team in the organization thought like, oh, this is terrible and I have a better idea. And it's Rocky Mountain vibes. You know, usually I'm not a fan of people who like fancy themselves at tours. They say I'm going to override the whims of the democratic institution. But in this case, very good decision. So but they did claim that it was related to the proposed happy campers moniker. And they want they want the name vibes to evoke the, the good vibes one may feel when enjoying outdoor activity activities. I think that's smart. I, I, I genuinely like the name. You do? I like Rocky Mountain vibes. I, I don't. Cool. You don't like that? Yeah, it's my least favorite part of the thing. I mean, I, like, I, think that, I think that coupling it with my friend Toasty here yeah. and his sunglasses and his mm-hmm. con- confident grin and his on-fire hair and yep. his, his graham cracker sweater vest. Uh, Not a sweater vest. I'm getting good vibes from Toasty. Right. Um, and so I'm fine with it. I, I, I think I... I don't know. I, 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 I'm kind of on the fence about it. I would have liked to have seen what they, if they had gone in another direction. It's unusual. Like You wouldn't have a major league team called the Vibes, but it's certainly not pushing the boundaries for minor league teams. It's not like the Rocky Mountain freaking, you know, disgusting astronauts or whatever they'd be called. Like right. It's cool. It's one word. Um, and I think Vibes in general is cool. I like things that are chill. Well, hang on a second, because if I know that's true about you, but if I said to you we're gonna have this baseball team and they're gonna be called the Vibes, yeah. you said okay, and then I said, and the mascot's gonna be a, a anthropomorphic s'more. Yeah, I would punch and kick you until you told me the truth, <laughs> because that doesn't doesn't make any sense. Okay, this thing, just like if I had to assign a vibe to it, it'd not be chill. Uh, this thing is giving me sunglasses. <sighs> Yeah, but it's not chill. It's sunglasses the way like an FBI agent or something. You know, they're wearing sunglasses because they want to eliminate the chill vibes. Hmm. This guy's going to come in and he's going to say, uh, 
don't don't smoke weed. That's his catchphrase. That's his catchphrase. Yeah, look at him. He's a talking marshmallow in Colorado Springs, and his catchphrase is "Don't smoke weed." Yeah, it's legal, and yet he says this. He says, "Don't do it, regardless." I'm the anti weed more. It cuts into his uh, his profit margins. He owns a dispensary. Yeah, and he wants to be the only game in town. Right. So don't. But unless it's his weed, he kind of he's on fire too. Maybe he's not whole... on fire. That's hair. It just resembles a fire. To me, he 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 looks like a PSA, right? He looks overly cool. I think the sunglasses are like a son wearing sunglasses or something, right? It looks a little overbearing. Hmm. I mean, it's obvious. It's of course not a sun. It's a marshmallow wearing sunglasses. So that that feels like a little bit of a different situation. But I do take your point. Yeah. Uh, that a marshmallow probably doesn't need sunglasses. Although, could you imagine this mascot with eyes? Like, that's I'm not happy better. that he doesn't have eyes. That's yeah. a great point. <laughs> it's not going to be better. So, okay, hang on. Like, let, let's just get back to the matter at hand. Are you comfortable with Toasty being our new mascot? Yeah, absolutely. Great. Okay. Well, then great. We we'll need... change. We'll change the podcast cover image. <laughs> we don't even need to talk about this anymore. <laughs> nope, I don't think so. Just as we don't need to discuss uh, uh, Rocky Mountain oysters. Absolutely not. No need. <clears throat> All right. Uh, so we do have one sort of official uh, Kings of Baseball business, and that is in our capacity as Kings of Baseball, or at least I, I've taken the initiative in my capacity as co-king of baseball to uh, cancel the Atlantic League. It's canceled. I think that's that's reasonable. The whole league is canceled. Um, uh, 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 there's a, the first high-profile instance of uh, the – New rule changes that we discussed in an earlier podcast uh, in the Atlantic League has come down, and it is a disaster. Uh, I'm not sure how much you read about this. I read the whole thing. Okay. Um, in a game between the Sugarland Skeeters and the Southern Maryland Blue Crabs. Yes. And I'll just read the play description here. Former big leaguer James Loney was at the plate in the bottom of the fourth inning. And on the first pitch from Blue Crab's ready, Daryl Thompson, Loney hit a soft ground ball to second baseman Angelis Nina, who easily threw him out to first to begin the inning. Now, the tricky part. Sounds like a standard play <laughs> to me there, Tim. Nope. Get ready. Because there was a chalk line uh, drawn on the infield dirt uh, right behind second base to delineate where the shortstop can stand in order for there to be two infielders on either side. Of the infield, and indeed the oh. shortstop. Uh, so did... what you're saying then, Tim, is that one of the infielders, either the shortstop or the second baseman, was over the line uh, at the start of this play, uh, thus breaking the anti-shift rule. I am absolutely not saying that. Oh, of course you're not. <laughs> now, it does appear that the the shortstop and the second baseman were on appropriate sides of the line. However, the second Yeah, comfortably. Base... Comfortably on the appropriate sides of the line. However, the second baseman and Helis Nino was... Playing in shallow right, hmm. and wasn't playing in the infield. So, so the umpires made the determination that there were not two infielders on either side. No, of course not. One of the infielders was an outfielder, as right. if this is not standard practice in baseball. It has been for eons. And of course, the outcome of the play is that James Loney uh, was awarded first base for some reason. Uh, now that that's interesting, actually, because I assume that the the rule as written will award a player first base uh, if the opposing team uh, 
uh, puts their de- defensive configuration into a shift. No. Is that right? Nope. No, you're saying that's not right. <laughs> no, as a matter of fact, uh, the rule as it's written uh, 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 empowers the umpire to call a dead ball in the event that there are not two infielders on either side of the line and award a ball added to the count and not a base. Uh <laughs> Uh, so I mean, soup to so nuts. So can you you give me just a summary of everything that's happened here? Sure. James Loney hit a ground ball to the second baseman who's playing shallow right field and was thrown mm-hmm. out. Now, mm-hmm. uh, the umpires conferred and decided that since the second baseman was uh, not, I guess in their estimation, a second baseman, um, and had broken the rule as it was written, uh, they awarded James Loney a base, which is not anywhere near what the ruling is. <laughs> Uh, and they kind of screwed up the scoring, uh, as well. Um, they, it was scored as an error, I think, on the second baseman. Um, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it boof. <laughs> I, they really boofed it. No kidding. It's, it seems to me, and it, I don't know, maybe this is one of those things where you say, well, it's a new rule and they need to work out how to implement it the right way. But, yeah, but here in the Kings of Baseball segment, we have no patience for um, for such things, and that's why we I say mean, it, cancel it. It really couldn't have gone any worse, I feel. No. Like, it they, been, they beefed it on both accounts, I think. It would have been one thing if like the shortstop was actually on the wrong side of the line, although uh, I don't know how you even do that. Like, There's a line there, and you know what happens if you cross the line, so it's not like you know, that part of the rule is broken. The part of the rule that's broken is that we can't seem to figure out when an infielder turns into an outfielder. I figured it it out. Wait, wait, did you? Yeah, the rule is not about outfield shifts at all. Sure. I think that you could have a four-man outfield per the designation of the rule. You can't have a five-man infield. Um, But any configuration in which there are, you know, fewer than three infielders on each side is okay well that's not what the rule the rule isn't fewer than three the rule is exactly two it says exactly two infielders on each side of the line yeah i believe so well i guess i understand the umpire's confusion that 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 is a little unclear huh well yeah but also it's not as though i don't know it did didn't if you watch the gif which is all that's given it really doesn't seem like he's that deep in no, the outfield. No, he was very shallow into the outfield. Like, it was a very standard play. Playing Someone second playing base the way a second A little bit deep would. for a, probably a slowish runner. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, this is this is bad. And, you know, this was opening day, so I'm sure that they'll clarify the rule. And there are a lot of worthy experiments going on right now in the Atlantic League, and now it's time to put a stop to all of them. Yep, canceled. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Go back to... Uh, <clears throat> go all the way back to 1860s baseball. That's what I want. Take all these players, and we got to put them in the in the Pecos League, yep. more Atlantic League. And the umpire has to tell you, or the batter has to tell the pitcher where he wants the ball to be thrown. And the yeah, umpire... and no, and they're not allowed to wear mitts anymore. They just have tiny, tiny little leather gloves. And the umpire has to warn the pitcher or the batter on the first pitch that that pitch will be called a ball next time, or that pitch will be called a strike next time. Did you know that? No, but they kind of do that in regular baseball. No, so, okay, I learned this recently okay. uh, from a listener. Uh, hello, listener. Um, that the So, okay, the reason that we were, we we're talking about uh, the etymology of the word strike in this context, um, and the reason that it is what it is, is it used to be that uh, when a pitcher would throw a pitch, uh, the first pitch was not, like, it didn't count. It was like a test pitch. 
Right. And so the the umpire would say, all right, well, next time, you know, that's that's a ball. Or oh. next time, you should strike it. Right. Uh, oh. They just started saying strike. Huh. you got to strike it. Well, to me, that makes a lot of sense. Good work, listener. Congratulations to our listener. Um. Yeah, that's it for... This is a Kings of Baseball. That was our Kings of Baseball segment. Every week we lay down our policy platform plank by plank in an effort to become the 2020 Kings of Baseball. Although this year we had some internal work to do. Uh, this week we had some internal work to do just because our mascot needed some fresh and we need to rebrand. Yeah, that uh, was also part of the Kings of Baseball segment. <laughs> Maybe we should have a, uh, a new mascot segment every week. Oh, I like that. That's a fun idea. Okay, maybe. Keep our eyes peeled to see who our new mascot's going to be next week. Yeah. All right. Uh, we have to check in on some uh, 2018 tater tots uh, and also make note of the fact that I uh, am already wrong about one of my top watch picks. Um, you you anticipated this. I did, and I'm still a little disappointed because what wound up happening was that Melky Cabrera hit home runs in consecutive innings. Um, <laughs> so... He's 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 not gonna be a tater tot next season. He hit three home runs this year. Yeah, well, you said um when you picked Melky Cabrera that uh was it Gregory Polanco got hurt? Yeah, and Marte, but they're both everyone back. on the Pirates got hurt, and so uh, Melky Cabrera is starting for them and presumably gonna hit uh, two home runs in consecutive innings. That's exactly what I said, and I was yeah. right. I it was apologize. very prescient of you. In a way, I think that it kind of forgives you for making a bad top watch pick because you predicted exactly what would happen. Thank you. All right. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, hey, Ben Gamble and Anthony Santander made uh, their way to the scoreboard this week. Uh, I was at the game in which Ben Gamble hit a home run. Um, oh. Yeah. Uh, uh, Noah Syndergaard couldn't keep anybody off the base pass that night, uh, <coughs> nor could he keep Ben Gamble out of the bleachers. Um he also gave up a home run to Christian Yelich um, that night. Was not that's, a, to, that's to be forgiven. That's kind of par for the course. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a great night for the, the New York squadron. Um, <clears throat> uh, but good for Ben Gamble. Really happy for him. I think he's kind of in a tough position. Um, uh, he, had to, he has to get uh, all of Domingo Santana's sloppy seconds uh, playing behind all those really good outfielders in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. A- Anthony Santander... Boy, I don't know, man. The Orioles, I think, really thought he was going to be something. And I don't know that he's anything, and I don't know that the Orioles are either. Are they still in front of the... Nope, they've fallen behind the Red no, Sox. No, they've fallen behind the Red Sox, who seem to be picking up the pace a tiny bit. A little bit, yeah. But still yeah. six and a half games out of the uh, AL East leading. Tampa They're Bay doing Rams. better than they were when we talked about them last, which sure. I believe they were eight games out. But I don't know. Fewer games remaining in the season. Maybe it's about comparable. The last thing that we have uh, is a, a, an update for uh, Rosal Herrera, who didn't hit yeah. a home run. No, he did not hit a home run, but he had a, a terrific game. He had he had like a four RBI night, two wonderful uh, uh, doubles to help the Marlins win the game, and a spectacular diving catch in center field. I didn't watch the catch yet. I'm going to watch it right now. Why don't you watch the catch? Because it is very nice, and uh, we love our friend Rosal Herrera. Oh, isn't that nice terrific? Catch. Yeah, it's yeah. a good catch. You can watch that in the show notes. Good for Rosie. Uh, yeah, we're just happy for our friend. It also seems like the uh, the Marlins might have something in a pitcher by the name of Caleb Smith. He was good that night too. I didn't I didn't read the part about Caleb Smith. I was He's, really only interested in my friend Rosie. He has six or more strikeouts in six straight games to begin 2019. Now the last Marlins player to do that was of course Jose Fernandez, who did it in 21 straight games. 
Jose uh, Fernandez, I think we can all agree, uh, was good. Yeah. Caleb Smith is, uh, well, let me see. This is his third season Mm -hmm. in professional baseball. He started his career with the Yankees. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's become good over time gradually. Yeah, Yeah, no, that's interesting. It seems like they might have something here in a player named Caleb Smith. They might have something. Fangraph says Caleb Smith gives us a reason to watch the Marlins. Oh, cool. Yeah. No, this is interesting. Keep an eye on the Marlins. Do we need to keep an eye on the Marlins? <laughs> uh, we need to keep an eye on the Marlins to make sure they don't steal our wallet. Oh, God. They've won uh, nine games. Yes, they have. They are the worst team in the majors by a decent margin. Would you like to hear uh, the strikeout percentage leaders among qualified starters in this year, 2019? Yes. All right. So, number one, I wonder if you can guess who it is. What is the statistic? It's strikeout percentage? Strikeout percentage by starters. Okay. Uh, it, probably it's Caleb Smith. It's not. Is it Ian Snell? Uh, no. Blake, Sn- Blake, Blake Snell, Snell is number four. Ian Snell is somebody else. Uh, all right. Uh, maybe like Chris Sale. No, that's a good guess, too. I'm going to uh, give you a hint. Okay. Uh, this player's on the Astros. Oh, it's Garrett Cole. It's Garrett Cole. Yeah, he's really uh, good. Second him, James Paxton, then Jacob Great. DeGrom, yep. then your friend Blake Snell, and in fifth place, it's Caleb Smith. Hey, look at that. Yeah. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. It's pretty good. Wait. So we'll keep an eye on him. Maybe he'll hit a home run. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Oh, that's what it was. Okay. Uh, let's move on. To let's the- do that. The Tot Watch segment. Uh, do you want to go first? Or do um, you want me to go first? You can go first. I'm looking up Caleb Smith to see what his batting record is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I went for a more conventional pick this week for my Tot Watch. Uh, I got sick of living on the edge. Um, this week my pick is uh, Kelvin Gutierrez, um, who seems like an interesting player for the Kansas City Royals. Yeah, you, he, linked, uh, you linked a little profile on him. Yeah, the, there's a little profile in The Athletic um, talking about how weird it was that the Royals acquired Kelvin Gutierrez uh, before the trade deadline. They got rid of uh, Kelvin Herrera, uh, who is a vaunted reliever who didn't wind up doing very much for the Nationals. And the the, the Royals scored a little uh, uh, a little Kelvin Gutierrez out of it, kind of a, kind of a steal. Um Although the profile, like all anybody of consequence can say about this guy is that he's a good defender. Um, yeah. Which well, that's good for your pick. Yeah, kind of contributed to my pick a little bit. Although, uh, um, it looks like he had a pretty good uh, little run in Omaha before they called him up a couple of weeks ago. He was hitting three thirty three with a four forty three on base percentage and an eight eighty two OPS. Um, so maybe the bat wakes up. He's twenty five. Um, I don't actually think it takes that much to get a bat to wake up in a young man, especially somebody who's a corner outfielder. It's something that I would imagine they would want to figure out. Um, yeah, maybe they'll say you should uh, swing harder and at a better angle. Maybe you should hit lefty if you want to hit dingers. Um, yeah, you hit dingers batting lefty. But he's also uh, blocked by uh, Hunter Dozier uh, and Lucas Duda, uh, both of whom I think are off the uh, injured list. Is it called injured list or something else now? Called injured list, injured list. Yeah. So the reason that they called him up is because um, Dozier had been uh, limited by some back stuff um, uh-huh. and hadn't been playing third base, and then Lucas Duda 
came off with something. Although Lucas dude is coming off the IL today, uh, and I think Dozier is kind of refreshed. Um, and in fact, uh, is ranked in the American League's top five. Hunter Dozier is in hitting, on base percentage, slugging, and uh, wait, how old is this article? Oh, it's not old. It's from like two days ago. So hitting, uh, on base percentage, slugging, WAR, WOBA, W and WRC. Uh, so, so you're saying Hunter Dozier uh, is good? Yeah. So I mean that that I I I was not surprised to to find that Hunter Dozier is producing, uh, but this article from the Kansas City Star seems to suggest that maybe I should be surprised, because um, he's kind of getting on, mm-hmm. uh, um, and he has not produced up to this point. Um. And I, I think that sort of conventional wisdom around Kansas City is that it might be time to close the books on Hunter Dozier. Um, but I think maybe he's uh, maybe not. Right now. Yeah, probably not. He's he's uh, seems to be playing pretty well in the young season, although it's a career 279 on base percentage. Uh, I mean, that's you know, that's not that's not, that's not any good. It's terrible. It's pretty bad. It's, yeah, it's, it's terrible. Um, but this season. He's hitting 337, 20 strikeouts, 17 walks. Uh, not bad. Yeah, before, I, I think that he's probably going to regress to the mean. Yeah, probably. I mean, before this season, he was hitting 228 and uh, struck out four and a half times for every walk. Uh, so, hmm. yeah, uh, yeah. Well, maybe that, he, that's yeah. If he figures it out, that's uh, uh, good news for my tot watch pick, Kelvin Gutierrez. Uh, and if he doesn't figure it out, then that's also good news for my top watch pick, Kelvin Gutierrez. He gets to play more baseball. Well, that's that's, that's a lovely, wholesome way to look at it. But I think first. this is I think this is a very good pick. Thank you. My uh, my tater tot for this week is uh, it's Eric Kratz. You know it. <clears throat> I, I cheated this week because I have a little insight on him. He's a San Francisco Giants player. Uh, he went on the injured list yesterday uh, oh. for hamstring something. But secretly, he went on the injured list because the Giants are shuffling their roster. Um, I'm sure he's a little bit hurt. Um, but mostly, I think that the Giants wanted to call up their other uh, catcher called Steven Vogt, sure. who's in the minor leagues. Uh, and they also needed to call up another pitcher, uh, Tyler Beatty, to start today. Mm. And they said, well, Gerardo Parra, get, get the heck out of town. Oh, wow, really? <clears throat> they said, yeah, get the heck out of town, Gerardo Parra. Um, which is kind of weird because Gerardo Parra has been among the Giants' better players. His defense has been excellent, right. but the Giants' outfield is so bad that to say that is to say the best uh, snail in the bad snail club, if you will. Um, I, would, I would definitely compare the Giants' outfield to a, a club of bad snails. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Eric Kratz, a 38-year-old backup catcher. Yeah. Uh, the kind of person you wouldn't be shocked to see on a list of tater tots at the end of the year. No, absolutely not. Uh, he hit a dinger uh, a couple days ago uh, in the bottom of the ninth inning in a game against the Yankees to make it 6-4. to four. Uh, The Yankees wound up winning 6-4. to four. Uh, <laughs> So maybe not the most consequential home run. He did have a moment of glory uh, a couple weeks ago uh, in an 18-inning game where he hit the walk-off fielder's choice. Oh. Uh, and he also caught all 18 innings of that game and said, uh, boy, are my arms tired. Um, 
he said he had once caught 18 innings before with the Pirates, and he blamed Mark Melanson for it, for shaking him off repeatedly and giving up a home run. What game was that? Do we have... It was 2016. In July is all he said. He didn't know the exact date. Are you, are you, would you like to look it up? Absolutely, I would. All right. 2016? Yeah. I remember Eric Kratz's time with the pilot, uh, with the Pirates. Um, he's a very Pirates kind of player to me. Yeah, I think he's like a real journeyman kind of catch. Didn't he have like a kind of a fun postseason for a little bit last year in Milwaukee? Uh, yeah, that might be. And the thing about um, Milwaukee is that they really love Eric Kratz. He seems like a really nice dude. Yeah. Really fun kind of player, even if he's not that good. So they were a little sad to lose him. July 17th, 2016. Starling Marte hit a home run to uh, untie it in the 18th. He said, uh, too many innings. We were tired. It was time for a home run. Oh. <laughs> too many innings. Oh, man. Being a catcher and catching that many innings, to me, uh, that's just, it's just too many. And back in those days, he was a young young man, a mere 35. Um, yeah. And now um, he, or 34. 38 now he caught 18 innings, which is even more impressive. God, for that poor man's knees, man. Yeah, and I'm wondering if that's related to him having hamstring issues and having to go on the injured list, and probably he will never be back on the Giants again because now they have a different backup catcher who I think they wanted the whole time, but he was hurt. Um, who, the Giants? Steven Vogt. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, I don't think Steven Vogt is much, is much younger than uh, Eric Kratz. No, he's but he's a little better. Six, Yesterday, uh, uh, in his debut with the Giants, uh the Giants played another extra inning game yesterday and went 11, and Stephen Vogt hit a home run in the bottom of the ninth to tie the baseball game. Uh, it was very exciting. I saw about that. Yeah. I was watching it. Uh, that is exciting. I said, wow. And then uh, and then the Evan Longoria walked it off in the 11th with another home run. Now, this Giants blog claims that that was the most impactful game of Stephen Vogt's career. Boy, I wonder if that's true. I'm looking. Does it is it gonna is it gonna account for like the quality of the team? Because I think he played for some playoff bound A's teams. It's just it's just looking at like his most the, the most... win probability added. Yeah, that's probably true because it added an enormous amount of win probability. I assume so it is not the oh. most impactful outing of his career. Uh, in Ju- in June 2017, he had a .484 WPA. Mm-hmm. Uh, May 2016, a .450 WPA. So uh, it, it, it's, it should be obvious that these these games he hit game-winning or go-ahead hits at one point or another. For sure. Uh, so a game-winning home run in June 2017, a go-ahead double in the fifth. Uh, oh, they didn't even win this game. That's weird. That's kind of fun, though. Yeah, uh, you uh, can still have a lot of wins probability added even if you don't win. July 16, he hit a game-winning single on August 15 for a 450 WPA, and then uh, August 15, a 447 WPA, three for three, a home run, three RBIs, and a game-winning single in the eighth. Wow. Uh, yeah, and um, last night, it was a win probability added of .423 uh, with that home run. So, pretty good. And I, I, I also think that Steven Vogt's a good clubhouse guy, uh, and in short, I think that Eric Kratz is going to be out of a job soon. <laughs> Sorry. I think that he'll be out of it. I, I, my only real concern is that he finds a spot with another baseball team and is their backup catcher. 
Yeah, um, but even then, I don't think he'll hit another. I think I think you, I think this might be a lock. Yeah, well, he has been a tater top before. I think not last year. He hit. He had like an offensive explosion and hit like four home runs. Mm. Um, but he generally doesn't have that much power. He's not that much of a hitter. Um, so I, I think as long as he's mostly in the minor leagues and maybe gets called up in September, I think this is this is a relatively safe pick. I love old catchers. Who doesn't? I love old catchers who can't hit. Like Chris Stewart. Jeff Mathis. Eric Kratz. Those are the three. Yep. Yeah, uh, Eric Kratz, one, sounds like a catcher. Two, looks like a catcher. He's got kind of a squished face, and he's big. He's bald. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, he, like he seems weird... like a great dude. Very classic old backup catcher, and he hit one home run. Heck yeah. Yeah. All right, we got to move on to our tot of the week. Um, because I made fun of him last week. Uh, you felt horrible about it. In order to atone, uh, our title of the week this week is Brian Reynolds, um, who hit himself uh, a nice dinger uh, in Texas this week in order to end, I think it was like an eight-game losing streak that the Pirates had going. Mm, so that's one of the reasons the Pirates are bad, is that they lost eight times in a row. They lost a bunch of games in a row. Uh, and then I think they won. They they swept the Tex- the Rangers in two games, and then last night they lost like 14-1 to in Oakland. Uh, it's not really turning their way right now. Um, mm. but with that being said, Brian Reynolds hit a nice home run in the top of the 11th to break the tie. And then, uh, Sterling Marte followed up with another home run to, to bring it home. Brian Reynolds, uh, also owns the longest hitting streak. Uh, I think I'm pretty sure he's past Gregory Polanco now for the longest hitting streak to start a career. Uh, I want to confirm that though. Hang on a second. Why won't you tell me? Sorry. So this this hitting streak to start a career is still active? Uh, yeah, I believe it is. That's terrific, because I asked you earlier in the week whether you thought that he would pass uh, Joe DiMaggio's 56-game hit streak, and you said, yes, you do think that. I mean, listen, it's, 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 he's still very much on pace for it. <laughs> In as much as you can be on pace for that, I suppose he is. Yeah, he just needs to hit safely. Let's see. I really wish. Are you looking at the game logs? I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. Um, as as we often invoke on this uh, podcast, I'm going to discuss an article by Sam Miller. Um, before the season, Great. he wrote an article about single season records and which is most likely to be beaten in uh 2019 Mm -hmm. and he put joe dimaggio's hit streak he he had like 20 records and he put that at like 17 or 18 he thought it was extraordinarily unlikely to be broken um wait say that again i'm sorry so sam miller picked 20 potential records that Uh could be could be beaten potentially in this season from you know single season home run record to triples doubles yeah. Um, complete game shutouts, whatever. And he put Joe DiMaggio's hitting streak record very close to the bottom. And he had a very convincing statistic, which is that the two longest hitting streaks other than Joe DiMaggio's don't add up to more than his. What? Yeah, well, I believe that's true. I mean, 56, it's... it's it's an incredible number of you games. You can't overstate how how what an achievement that is. With that being said, Brian Reynolds' hit streak is to 10 games. Uh which which means that he does stand alone uh 
for this particular very specific. He has record. the most consecutive uh, games having reached base safely via hit in the major leagues. You're saying. What? What did you just say? What? 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 You're saying that... Uh, Can you word that better, maybe? No! No, no, no. You're saying Brian Reynolds currently has the longest active hit streak, is what you're saying. He has the longest hit streak to start a career for the Pirates. I don't know about active hit streaks. Oh, he has the longest hit streak to start a career for the Pirates. All right. Sam Miller. <laughs> Great. Put the hit streak at number 18 out of 20. And yeah. he says... There's no active player who has ever... Oh, I see. This is less impressive than what I said. There is no active player who has ever, at any two point in his career, put together two hitting streaks that sum to 57 games. No single player who has done that? Yes, no single player. Yeah, that's not that... It's pretty... Know. It's still crazy. What's on the bottom of that list? The most likely? Uh, no, the least likely. Oh, least likely, I believe, is the triples record. Oh, yeah, obviously. Yeah. But that was an impressive one because, uh, you know, there were more triples. This was a record from 1912. Mm -hmm. um, but but uh, oh, <laughs> Owen Wilson, no relation, no relation, hit yeah. 37 triples in 1912. Wow. But even even in 1912, that was a crazy anachronism because nobody before or after him has ever hit more than 26. So he has I 10 more. I think Brian Reynolds is going to pull that off. Brian so you Reynolds, think Brian Reynolds is going to—he's going to hit more than thirty-six triples and uh, more than fifty-six consecutive games. Uh, I think he's going to break every single season hitting record you can possibly break. Uh, wow. I, I, I really I, hope so. I'm—I'm I'm not saying this to make up for the fact that I was really mean to him on last week's episode. He is the second longest active hit streak in Major League Baseball, three games behind Carlos Correa. Ah. Um, but. Again, longest hit streak to start a career for the Pirates, 17 games. Oh, sorry, not for the Pirates, overall. The longest hit streak to start a career, 17 games, Chuck Aleno, 1941. Uh, Brian Reynolds is coming for it, and then he's also coming for Joe DiMaggio. He's going to come for the triples record. He is going to be, he's going to make everyone forget about Roberto Clemente is what I'm saying. I'm tired of thinking about Roberto Clemente. Sick of Brian it. Brian Reynolds. Um, yeah, he seems like a good baseball player and, and, and the kind of player who might be amenable to getting this kind of hit streak because he's kind of an on, he's kind of a contact hitter. Absolutely. Pure contact, baby. Except for this Although he run. did hit the one home run. Just the one, though. Just the one home run. He's hitting 394 over the life of this hit streak. My word. That's pretty, I mean, it is a hit streak, so I'm not shocked. Yeah, but Carlos Correa is only hitting 321. This is the nope. Sorry, I was gonna say it's the best uh, batting average of anybody with an active hit streak, but that's not true because one game behind <laughs> Brian Reynolds nipping at his heels is Melky Cabrera with a nine-game hit streak. He's hitting 433 over that time. Yeah, that's pretty good. I I would say that Melky Cabrera is gonna set the record for second most triples of all time. Mm -hmm. He's gonna he's gonna. He's going to lose out by one game to Brian Reynolds. Who hit hey, 38 triples. Remember when there was that thing with Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire about, like, what was it, single season home runs? Yes. Yeah, I want to see that, but with triples. Oh, my goodness, that would be fun. So much more fun. Oh, and triples are 20 times as fun as dingers. No offense. We're really, like, hurting the the, the thesis of this show. The brand every of the time podcast, we, but oh, Every boy, time we talk about it. triples, exciting. I talk about it a lot. It's so much more fun to watch someone run the bases than it is to... I mean, like, 
inside the park home runs, obviously. That's the terrific. The gold. Well, standard. what if the record uh, was for most inside the park home runs? Oh my god. Mm. What is that record? That's a great question. I don't know. Full season, inside the park home runs. I don't know how far back they track that. So, what is it? Uh, I'm confused by what Google's telling me. What's Google telling you? Something about someone called Roger Bresnahan. All right, I got baseball almanac. Hang on a second. So for the career, the most inside the park home runs belongs to, well, the American League record uh, belongs to uh, Ty Cobb. The That's national not very surprising to me. The National League record belongs to someone called Tommy Leach. Okay. Ty Cobb, 46. Tommy Leach, 48. Now, somehow, the major league record is higher than both of those, which doesn't make any sense to me, but this is what I have a suspicion for why. Baseball Almanac is telling me. Go on, why don't you it tell me It probably predated the National and American Leagues. It was from the end of, like, the, you know, one of those other leagues that was considered major in the 1800s. I guess maybe, but the thing is that, so it it has the player and it also has the breakdown of the teams that he hit all his inside the park home runs for. I'm looking at this now and it looks like he was traded midseason. What? That's that my guess. That doesn't. Does it? Well, hold on. No, he was traded mid career. He played for the American and National Leagues, so he doesn't hold the record for American or National League, but he does hold the record for Major League. Oh, oh, oh I see what you're saying. Well, at any rate, his name is Jesse Burkett. Jesse uh, Burkett. This is for the career. Uh, 55 inside the park home runs. Jesse Burkett. Uh, boy, I wish I could tell you. He made his debut in 1890. Um, yep. I'm going to tell you more about him. His nickname was The Crab. What? <laughs> you know it. Keep going. Well, uh, he made his... Uh, he His last game was in 1905, so he yeah. played for 15 years. Yeah. Uh, and he died in uh, uh, Worcester, Massachusetts. Worcester. Most in the season belongs to Ty Cobb, 1909. Oh, sorry. He was sorry. also a pitcher. He was a pitcher? He pitched, anyway. Oh, okay. His first season, he was primarily a pitcher, and then he had a little bit of pitching uh, later on. But mo- mostly, he was a, a good, a very good hitter. Most inside the park home runs in a season does belong to Sam Crawford of the Cincinnati, I assume, Reds. This is in 1901. He hit 12 in a season. Uh, I would like to see someone hit 13, and I think huh. that someone is going to be Brian Reynolds. That seems impossible. What, hitting 12 inside the park home runs in a season? 13 inside the park home runs in a season. Here's is what we this, need to do. Is this tracked on baseball reference? Probably not. Uh, No, actually, it's probably not. It might be. That's going to require a little bit more digging, though. Um, Listen, here's what we need to do. Yeah. Get rid of fences. Oh, get, yeah. No, that would help a lot. That Every would home dramatically the increase home. the number of inside the park home runs. Yep, yep, yep. Just, just. <laughs> and it wouldn't just be everything that's currently a home run. It would include a lot of doubles and stuff that would just keep on bouncing. Keep rolling, yeah. <laughs> Into like a big lake or something like that and but but also no like ground rule doubles or anything like that if no it anything lake, you have to go dive after the ball you have to get the in lake. the lake every every stadium has a lake on the outside of it now right or a moat Ooh, with crocodile yeah what if the crocodile eats the baseball then you need to fish it out 
But what if like you get the baseball and you're all covered in wounds, um, num, num, and the baseball's in like eight pieces? Like what happens then? Do you just have to tag them with one piece of the baseball? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, any also, bit of the baseball counts. That's a scrappy player right there. That's I mean, that's an intangible. Well, let me ask you a question: How would a moat filled with alligators impact the rate of injuries? I'm not quite sure how to answer this question. How many players would get eaten by crocodiles <laughs> or alligators or whatever eaten? we said? N- no, bitten. <laughs> I mean, a lot at first I would bet, but here's what you need to... This is the... All right, we're taking... I'm, I'm some, wondering, like, how many would be willing to put themselves in that much danger? But also, sometimes crocodiles, they'll stray out of the moat and kind of hang out in the outfield so i'm a little worried about people accidentally stepping on them well you just got to be careful and furthermore i think once we start to figure it out we can you know you can have outfielders bringing like beef jerky into the outfield with them to distract or like link sausages you know things like dogs things that crocodiles like you think crocodiles like sausage link sausage and, and and beef jerky i'm curious about that and what if you had a lot of angry stray dogs in the outfield (laughs) on purpose or they just got they're just there and we can't really do anything about it uh i guess either if the if if all the outfields are completely open to the wilderness you're gonna get some stray dogs yeah and we're not gonna discourage it no i mean we we love all of god's creatures Uh, yeah especially angry stray ravenous dogs and crocodiles (laughs) Here's the thing too. No dead balls either for 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 dog wild dog pack attacks. You I bet that would increase that. inside the park home runs a lot because as you know dogs like to hold balls in their mouth and run. Right. right. You got to catch the ball from the dog. If the dog catches the ball on the fly, is that an out? It depends whose dog it is. <laughs> Are the dogs wearing jerseys? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's part of the grounds crew's job is that they have to chase down all the dogs to put before the, the game dogs starts. In jerseys. And if the dog is dogs or want to do chew the jersey off of them, you got to put a new one on him. Right, but what if they do that mid-game and then they catch the ball and they're not wearing the jersey of either team? Uh 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 is a ground rule double. I thought there were no ground rule doubles. <laughs> there is in this very specific instance if one of the wild dogs eats his jersey off and then catches a ball on the fly. <laughs> I think that in that case, the dog is by default uh, considered part of the offensive team, right? If he catches the ball? If he catches the ball and is not wearing a jersey. No, if anything, I would say he's automatically defense because that's a defensive function is to catch the ball. There wouldn't be an offensive player in the outfield. No, no, no. All the dogs are out there all the time. Yeah. Um, And if one of the players on offense catches the ball, then you have to wrestle it away from the dog and try and throw it back. (laughs) Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Yeah, but I think that's only if he's if you're wearing if you're not wearing a jersey. I think you have to default to defense because, like, the dogs wearing offensive team jerseys in the outfield. That's like a special bonus that you get as an offensive player. Exactly. But if, okay, I hear you. I if, either way, if the jersey's not there, the bonus isn't there. Right. Okay. I got gotcha. you. Great. I'm glad that we put that matter to bed. Do you want to? Um, <laughs> do you want to watch Brian Reynolds home run? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Gotta <laughs> <laughs> see if there's any wild dogs in it. Aki Iwamura. 
Oh, yeah. Hit in the air to center. Pretty well hit toward the wall and clear the deck. Cannonball coming. Brian Reynolds with a big wrap to center has given the Pirates the lead. That's his first big league ding dong here in the 11th inning. The Pirates lead it four to three. I actually like this home run a lot. You like that it went out to center field? He hit it out to center field, and that's always fun. I think that Brian Reynolds' uh, lower body is doing a lot of really good work in this swing. Um, I like how I like his crouch. Uh, it's 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 very classic contact hitter. Uh, yeah, know, trying to trying to shrink the strike zone and just punch something for um, sure. And I, so I, I don't anticipate that he'll hit like a ton of home runs, maybe ten or fifteen, max. Um, but I I like I like him. I want to watch him play baseball some more. Absolutely, He's and he hit this league. home run uh, in extra innings. That's right, to break the tie, and mm-hmm. then, so I think that was the go ahead, and then Starling Marte was like the icing on the cake. They Which got uh, an insurance run, but really, this was it. Brian Reynolds' night. It was Ryan Reynolds' night. It was Ryan Reynolds' night at the ballpark. Detective Pikachu, Detective promotion. Pikachu himself, yeah. Detective Pikachu was there hitting home runs. Can you imagine? Um, yeah, man, I just imagined it. He would be very bad at holding a baseball bat, but I want to think that he would be excellent at it. I was going to ask you if you thought that he would be using like a, a proportionally sized baseball bat or if no, it would just be like a, a real big sized one. He's using a really long one like in Super Smash Brothers. It's exactly like Super Smash Brothers. Yeah, but Detective Pikachu this I time. I saw there was, uh, when they did the critic screening of Detective Pikachu in Times Square, they had a giant inflatable Detective Pikachu. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I uh, it briefly imagined that hitting home runs, which I think would be uh, formidable. How big was it? It was like, you know, 25 feet tall. Really? Yeah. 25 feet? <laughs> yeah. No, it couldn't have been that big. Come on. <laughs> um, let me see if I can find the picture of it. If it's 25 feet tall, I think, yeah, no problem hitting home runs. Like, well, actually, maybe it's, it, that's a big strike zone. I don't know. And then in that case, is the ball proportionally sized, or is it no, like a small ball? Small ball, big boy. Maybe harder. I don't know. Did you find it? Here he is. The biggest pair of Pikachu ears we've ever seen. Great. This is from the official Pokemon account on Twitter. Still loading the picture, so I can give you an estimate. Oh, this is a video. Okay. I'm ready. And just DM'd it to you. All right, let's see. I sent you, uh, I think, what could be a good uh, new mascot for the podcast. Oh, it's just a GIF. This is the world's most annoying video. It's not 20 feet. It's not 25 feet tall. That's pretty tall. It might be like... If you count up to the top of the ears, maybe. 15 or 20 feet, yeah. It doesn't look like Detective Pikachu, though. He's he's got a hat on. He's He's not furry, for sure, because he's inflatable. What does that mean? Detective Pikachu in the movie, as you know, is furry. Yeah. But this one, he's a balloon, so he's not furry. Well, you know what? We really need to get to the bottom of this, because there's going to be like a... We don't need to... Let's wrap up the podcast first. We're doing a podcast? I got something to say about Detective Pikachu, but I can't wait. All right. I'll, I'll take my answer off the air. Great. Uh, thank you so much for listening for another week. We really appreciate it. Um, 
you can uh, donate your money and I think your time somehow to Baseball for All. Uh, you can find a link to that in the show notes. That's an initiative that gets young girls involved in uh, baseball programs around the country. And it's very important. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Tater Tots Pod. You can like us on Facebook behind the Facebook URL at Tater Tots Pod. Or you can email us at Pod at gmail.com. Next week, something. We'll find out. More Detective Pikachu ch- talk? Who knows? There will definitely be Detective Pikachu talk oh, next yeah, week. Oh, yeah, because we're seeing it next week. We're seeing it next week. Probably right, going to yeah, do a live episode again. Stay tuned for our review of Detective Pikachu, and incidentally, maybe we'll talk about baseball. Uh, <laughs> until that time, good night. See you later. Bye. Yeah, good night and good luck. Good night and good luck. Texas League And meanwhile after too much And also from running too fast